Welcome to the Mompreneur Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Moran. Just like you, I'm a mom entrepreneur on a mission to live a present and productive life, to be around for all the moments with my kids while also following my dreams and passions. Join me each week as I uncover a new tip or trick that will help you live your life just as you want and with as much ease as possible. Let's get started with today's episode. Hey ladies, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to remind you that tonight is the Simplify My Biz event. Now, if you're listening to this live tonight at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, I will be linking my arms with some other amazing mompreneurs to help them pinpoint where they may be overcomplicating their business and where they should put their focus next. This is an event unlike anything else. It's not your typical workshop webinar. It is a place where you can come meet fellow mompreneurs, connect, collaborate, and get some clarity and focus on what you should be doing next. It's one-on-one coaching, client-level support in a free group setting. I'd love to see you there. So make sure you head to themompreneurguide.com slash simplify to snag your seat. Now let's get to it. Hello, ladies. Welcome back to the Mompreneur Guide podcast. Today, we have a very special guest that not only I am so excited about, but my son, Jack, was so excited when I was telling him more about the amazing Hillary too. I'm going to go into her bio so you can understand why Jack is so excited for this episode, and you will be as well. And then we're going to move into Hillary's mompreneur story and all of the amazing strategies she has to help us be more present and productive mompreneurs. From Disney VP of Integrated Marketing to mompreneur of her beautiful baby Ruby and owner of her own brand strategy company, Hillary Hartling truly has the experience and creativity to help entrepreneurs create captivating brands that resonate, ones that are clear, cohesive, and compelling. Ring me up, right? I met Hillary through a blog post she did with the amazing Grace Laxey from episode number 20. She shared how to leverage her Disney brand and marketing strategies to grow your small business, and I was absolutely captivated. We started chatting, and I knew her expertise was a must-have on this show. So Hillary, I am beyond excited for this conversation and to hear how building a brand strategy can save us mompreneurs time and fast-track client attraction, because you know I'm all about being present and productive. Before we dive into your wealth of knowledge, can you give us a quick breakdown of where you started and how you solidified your mompreneur role that you hold today? Oh my gosh. First of all, thank you for having me. It's so wonderful. I love meeting people in the DMs or through like other people we mutually know. It's just so much fun, this online world. So thank you for yes. having me, first of all. Of course. And then, yeah, so my timeline is is vast, but I will start with my Disney days because my career has really been at Disney. I spent 15 years at Disney marketing movies for Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Touchstone, DreamWorks. And what's so interesting is, you know, Disney is obviously a brand very known for being family oriented. And so all of my peers and colleagues, they all had families and kids and, you know, we get free passes to Disneyland and all kinds of amazing perks. And I, I always knew, I thought, oh my gosh, this is what's going to happen. I'm so focused on my career. I'm not going to be a mom until after I leave Disney. And lo and behold, that is definitely what happened on my journey. But I got to have really focused attention on my career, doing branding, brand strategy, brand positioning, creating content across all kinds of mediums. So from there to then leaving Disney, taking a year off, starting to pursue motherhood, being single, I went after adoption because I wasn't going to wait for a man to do what I wanted to do. I was just like, that just, that timeline just doesn't work anymore for me. So Here's the thing. My mompreneur journey is so interesting because I started my business thinking 
how am I going to do this all by myself, mm-hmm. my business as a solopreneur, mm-hmm. trying to be a single mama, mm-hmm. right? What, what am I, what am I even doing? But my journey to have Ruby took five years. Wow. And here's the thing. I was matched to have a different child over a year ago. And because I was matched with that birth mom for five months before she was going to give birth, I had five months to plan my business and that adoption failed and it didn't work out. But obviously in hindsight, it's, it's the best thing that happened because it brought me to Ruby. Right. But this time, and this is exactly what I asked the universe for, as I said, I want um, a phone call one day and my adoption lawyer to say, your daughter is born, come pick her up at the hospital. And that's literally what happened. So I had a day to figure out like, okay, leave the business, cancel appointments, cancel meetings, go grab my daughter, wait to come home to cross state lines with an adopted child, all these things, right? I had already planned August off of my business. So that was great because that's when I got her end of July. But I started back to work part-time early September, right after Labor Day, just six weeks after she was born. And so it's been a whirlwind because I've had to fast track how to make this all work. So my mompreneur journey was long, but also instant. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, that story is amazing. Just hearing so many things that you said, I love that you said, what am I even doing? And I can only imagine that space of being in like, oh my gosh, I have to go pick up my baby now. And like, she's here. And, and it's funny because I think all of us mompreneurs can relate to that story in one way or another, either you're in it with the kids and you're like, what in the world am I doing? <laughs> or or you you get pregnant or you get your baby and you're like, what is going on? It's just like that constant thing that, that we deal with. But I love hearing all different stories because any of us who are interested in being moms, we're all have a way to be moms. And I love hearing that you knew that and you went after it and you did it and starting your own business. Like you are a a boss. And what I love too, is that Ruby has such a strong mom who she is going to just like see in the modeling. It's, I grew up with a mompreneur myself. And so that was how I got into the spaces because I saw my mom doing what she loved and being around for me. And so that's why at a young age, I started a business because I was like, well, I'll do that so I can have that for my kids. And so it's so important to me now to not only link arms with other moms who feel the same way, but also for me to make sure that I'm modeling that for my kids. And so I think it's so beautiful that you are doing that for Ruby. And how coincidental, tell me about how you already had August planned off, but that was before you knew Ruby was coming. Yeah, I did not know Ruby was coming. Here's what happened is the summer before when I was expecting the other child, it was like literally a year and a week before um, that adoption failed. And I decided, well, I'd already planned obviously to take time off in my business because I knew a baby was coming then. And so when I didn't get the baby, I was like, you know what? I deserve some time off anyway. So I just took all of August off and it didn't have any negative effect on my business. I was like, well, this is going to be an annual thing now. I'm just going to take August off. I mean, it's that I was like, once I do have a child, it's lovely because it's summer, right? Right. Or I can Uh back it up if school starts in August or whatever, you know, but like having part of the summer off when you have kids, I think is so wonderful. When you have your own business, you get to decide. You don't have to let work dictate your life. You get to design and architect your business and your brand around the lifestyle that you really want. So 
I think if you start building it and creating the opportunity before it comes and shows up in the universe, open the door to say, I'm ready. And um, the universe listens. I mean, that's the thing, whether it's my career, my business, or being a mom, Mm -hmm. I've manifested everything I've wanted. Mm -hmm. And when you're clear, and I say this because I think it's when we get into strategy, like this is why I'm so passionate about brand strategy, because it's clarity. It's clarity for your business. It's also clarity for your life because it's your bigger vision and what your bigger why and your North star reason is that all of that stuff, Mm -hmm. it's all wrapped up, especially when you are a mompreneur, someone who is starting a business because of a passion and interest, a skill, right? It's like, it's coming from you. It's part of you. There's work and life blend so much now, as we know from working from home and taking care of kids and all of the things, they all combine Mm -hmm. together. So clarity is everything. And I think if you can start from that point, you're sitting in a really good spot. And I just got so clear with the universe that literally exactly how I said I wanted to have my baby show up happened Mm -hmm. like precisely. Yeah. So it's very cool. I love that. Yeah. I feel like we need to just go back to your mic drop moment. One of the many I know that we're about to have, which is when you said, when you open the door and you tell the universe, I'm ready, there is that space and you're ready to go. And I think everybody just needs to listen into that paired with the clarity. But first let's talk about that of how about the universe, which is what I was going to say, being there and helping you prepare for Ruby to come, because think about how much easier it must've been for you to turn on a dime and go get her when you've already experienced a month off, like taking a month off of your business is not easy. I've done it for both of my kids when they were born and it feels stressful and you worry. And especially when you're a solopreneur, think about how amazing that is that you not only said it out loud and you manifested it and you were super clear, but then you left that space for that to happen. And how important is that in manifesting? I know, like you said about the clarity, that's what I'm all about is like, let's get super clear on what in the world we're doing. And then once we can do that, we can declutter and get rid of the rest of the stuff. So there's the space in our business and our lives to breathe, to enjoy it, to let other things come in that we might not have expected. And then we can be focused and and take very specific focused action. And I think that's a lot of what we're about to talk about, because I know we are very in sync with (laughs) that that process. I'll say the other thing is like, whether it's to the universe or to your niche, like literally knowing your audience is such a huge thing. You have to be just as clear to the universe so they understand you will have to have 100% belief, no doubts in your mind for a manifestation to occur. The same Mm -hmm. thing happens with your business and your brand. You have to be so clear about who you are, what you offer, the benefits and value of what you offer to your audience. So they understand it and they get it. If you don't believe it, they won't believe it. If you don't believe it, the universe won't believe it. You have to be clear and you have to have belief that supports that. And you can't be questioning yourself or changing your mind every other day because then nobody will know which way to turn or what to come to you for or what it is that you really want. Yes. I mean, again, talk about mic drop moment here. Knowing your audience is the same as being clear with the universe. And imagine when you can get clear in your business, how that can help you manifest the things that you want because you can breathe. You know what's going on. 
And so do the other people who are out there trying to support you. So Hillary, talk to us, tell us, I know you have three different steps, tricks, tips that you are going to share with us on how we can build a brand strategy that saves us time and fast tracks this client attraction we're talking about. Walk us through what's the first thing that we need to know for building a brand strategy or tweaking maybe what we already have in place so it's optimized. I think the first thing is really that bigger picture, right? Is really understanding the purpose for your brand, which is the cornerstone of developing and building a brand strategy. And it starts with your bigger why, and that can change over time. Like, you know, my bigger vision, my bigger why is always to motivate people to do work that inspires them. Because I know that when they're inspired, that's when they do their best work. And that's Mm -hmm. the best contribution to the world that anyone can make is when you're doing the thing you're meant to do. Now, in addition to that, put a big plus sign plus Ruby right? My bigger why includes Ruby now because it's like, well, I want her to see a mom who's strong, content, happy, successful, whatever that looks like. And to me, success equals feeling good. That's it. That's it. Nothing to do with money. Uh, If money makes you feel good, that's part of it, right? But like success is feeling good and living the life that you want. And so getting clear on that why helps you to know like what's aligned and what's out of alignment for you and your business. And it helps you save time because you're not running all over chasing shiny objects. You're on point and you're focused on the thing that you're meant to do on the mission that supports that vision that you just got clear on. And so, you know, every day on, if you're completing your mission, that that is taking a baby step forward towards achieving that vision So that I think the first thing is really getting that big picture purpose nailed down so that that can actually inspire you daily to keep moving forward in a focused way. I love that. I love that you're saying that our why becomes like our guidepost or our compass to every decision that we make. I talk about that too with my clients and how important your why is, your legacy, your mission, all of those things I feel go hand in hand and can be kind of different angles to look at it, to clarify it. So for people who are listening, who maybe kind of know their why or thought they knew their why or have been in business for a while and maybe never even thought about it. Can we talk through some examples of how somebody could in on their why a little bit more, make it more clear, get some clarity. I think one of the first questions to ask is what gets you excited about your business? Mm -hmm. Like what gets you excited? I always tell people when you follow your excitement, that is the universe nudging you in the right direction, Mm -hmm. right? There's a reason why you're excited about that thing. So also if you're feeling bogged down by your business, really start to unpack and like you said earlier, declutter and Mm -hmm. say, why did I start this in the first place? Why does this matter to me? And why should my clients care that this is the thing that I'm bringing to the world? You have Mm -hmm. to get clear on what you do best, right? And that's actually the third point that we'll get to is defining your UVP or unique value proposition so that you can basically unveil your own magic, which Mm -hmm. is the differentiating factor between you and anyone else, even if you're in a sea of competition of other people doing something very similar to you. So I think, yeah, just kind of starting with that. And, and if you just ask yourself on a regular basis, what's getting me excited about my business right now, that starts to tap into that bigger why. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like that quote that people would always say, it's like, what are you doing in your off time that you're like avoiding other things for that can also help guide you into what you're excited about, which can then help you go deeper and deeper of like, well, why am I excited about this? Oh, well, maybe that's my why. I know, like you said, for you, it's in helping people do their inspired work, which would be their best work. Plus Ruby, you've got your, your plus there. I know for me, my why is how I was raised. I was raised by that mompreneur. And so I want to offer my kids the same and myself the same. I want to be present and productive. I want to follow my dreams and passions, but be around for all of those fleeting moments because I know that they're going to be gone in an instant. And so those are a couple of things that I know of. I have um, a client for her why it's about the more bigger mission. She's into the cooking space, the food space. And so she believes people should get in touch with slow cooking and mindful cooking. And so it's so interesting to think how everybody's why can be so different, but like you're saying, it goes goes back to what gets you really pumped. What are you like the biggest cheerleader for? You know, what's interesting too, though, is like everybody's why ultimately comes back to the same thing. If you keep asking why about your why you ultimately get to, to live your best life, whatever that looks like, right. To be that more intentional mom and have that freedom to, you know, be inspired by your work and be happy every day. It's like the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate why is always that. Yeah. I love that. Everybody, again, repeating that, ask why about your why. Mm -hmm. Be your children to yourself in your business. Why? Well, why? Well, why? (laughs) Seriously, it's one of the best things you can do. It's how you break down. It's how you break down benefits too. If Mm -hmm. you say like, what's the benefit of the work that I do? Make a list of all the things that come to mind and then go back through that list and say, what's the benefit of that benefit? Mm-hmm. And you start to end up with so much valuable information that you will be able to share back with your audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how you create messaging that actually resonates. I love that. I love that. So first thing that we need to do for this brand strategy is have your bigger picture, the purpose for your brand, ultimately your why figured out. And we can do that by thinking about what is the work that inspires you, that excites you using that as a guidepost and a compass for every decision. And if you're struggling with that, keep asking why about your why. Hillary, help us on step two. What is the next thing? Once we've got our why nailed down, what do we need to do next? You need to master your message so that it resonates with the audience. And so the reason why I bring this up for mompreneurs, especially is like, you want to save time. You want to make more money. You don't want to drain your energy. So instead of throwing spaghetti at the wall, trying everything to see what works or trying to be everything to everybody in your business, getting clear on who it's for who you're talking to helps you actually master your message. And I don't mean an avatar. I know a lot of people talk about avatars, but I've seen it so misused. So the intention is right, but I see so many people making up an avatar and that's not the point. The point is to find real people who are actually versions of your ideal client who are ideal clients, Mm -hmm. getting to know the psychographics behind them, which are their internal motivators. A lot of people focus on demographics, which it's the facts. It describes their outward situation, appearance, or circumstance. It's their age, their gender. Are they married? Do they have kids? Where do they live? Did they go to college? All those kinds of facts. Mm -hmm. But the psychographics, that's where the real juicy stuff comes in that you can then turn into wonderful messaging that will actually resonate because you're hitting home with their internal motivations. 
What are their ambitions? What are their goals? What are their dreams? What's their biggest challenge right now that you can help solve this urgent need, create this quick win transformation, and then keep them coming back for more. When you keep them coming back for more, that's how you create that brand loyalty. So Mm -hmm. mastering your message is all about knowing who you're talking to. Again, we said this earlier about knowing your audience, no matter what situation you're in, but especially for your business. And especially as a mompreneur who doesn't have a lot of time to waste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm always about high impact activities. Like if we're going to be out there and we're going to take the time away from our kids or away from whatever else we want to do, self-care, some me time, whatever it is, then we better be doing something that's actually going to make an impact and isn't wasting time or keeping up with the Joneses or just doing what everybody else thinks that you should be doing or says you should be doing what's right for you and your people. And so I love this distinction here between psychographics and demographics. I think that is so interesting and not something I've heard people talk about it in that way. For me, I can be kind of a scientific brain. And so that's very clear to me on those internal motivators speaking to their ambitions, their goals, their dreams, instead of just you're a mom and you have kids and you went to college and da, 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 you know, the, the basic checklist. Well, and if you think about that in terms of messaging, right, what actually hits home? You want a product to go create a TV commercial that just says like, hey, use this. It's toxic free. It's got this kinds of healthy ingredients in it. It's got blah, blah, blah. I'm making something up that doesn't make any sense right now. But do you want to hear a list of that? Or do you want to hear why this product helps build the lifestyle you want? Right. Mm-hmm. It's like why you see car commercials, half the commercials without a car, because they're talking about the feeling that you have when you drive the car. Everything about a great brand strategy is about the feeling that you're giving your audience, which is why we're trying to captivate them, which is why we're trying to inspire them, right? It's like when Maya Angelou says, people will forget what you said, what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. That's what you're trying to do with your brand right? You master your message to resonate. Those are very specific words chosen carefully because you don't want to just have a message. You want a message that captivates your audience and gets them to feel something. When you can hit home with an emotional connection with your audience, you have them hooked. Mm -hmm. And that's what you want. I love that. I love what you're saying there about the resonating and the captivating. I think those are just such feel good words that we can latch onto. Can you give us an example? Because Disney, I think is just so known for great messaging and things like that. So can you give us an example of something that happened with Disney with messaging that we can then apply to small businesses to really get clear? Cause I think a lot of us struggle. I know I have with mastering my messaging. How do I speak in the right way to get those feelings? I can be very process oriented and I forget about how to write or talk emotionally. It's a little easier when you talk, but not so much when you're like posting and sending emails. I I find that I get very, like I said, process oriented and structured. So can you give us some kind of other example besides the space that we're always already in, in this online space to help make it easier for us to master our message? Absolutely. So here's an example. We had a slew of 
inspirational true sports stories at Disney. There were live action movies, things like Remember the Titans and The Rookie and Miracle and The Greatest Game Ever Played and Glory Road, all these all in a row, right? And all based on actual true stories with actual people. And I remember going into one of the meetings and people would refer to them internally like, oh, it's the hockey movie, it's the basketball movie, it's the baseball Mm -hmm. movie, the football movie. So we go into this meeting, I think it was for The Rookie. And the very first thing the president of marketing says is, okay, Okay, the rookie, this is not a baseball movie, right? This is not a baseball movie. What is this movie really about? And that's how you get to the tagline, which is the emotional hook for the whole story, which is this is a movie about second chances. This is a movie about knowing that it's never too late to pursue your dreams, That was the core message of the movie. So with your brand, think about breaking it down like that. Instead of just saying, this is just a brand consultancy business. Mm -hmm. No, this is a business that helps people tune into what is the work they're meant to do and Mm -hmm. how to share their message and live the lifestyle they want, right? It's like tune into what it's really about. This is what it is on paper. What is it really about? That's how you get into that emotional connections and, and that messaging that starts to spark something inside you where you pause a minute and take a breath and you're like, wow, that, that is what it's really about. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can just relate to that so much. And it reminds me again of your going deeper, asking why again, that question. And I'm all about helping people simplify their businesses. How can we get as focused and clear everything that we're talking about here specific to you and what in the world your business plan is. And that's something that I have to think about too, personally, like whenever I'm doing something and then it gets too hard and there's friction, I stop and I step back and I'm like, what in the world am I doing here? Like, what is really the purpose of this? And so I can so relate to that. And I think it's so helpful when we're writing our copy, trying to speak to our ideal client, because obviously we want them to connect with what's going on. And sometimes it lives in our head. And so I feel like, again, what is it really about is the question you can ask yourself to pull all that concept out of your head and onto the paper or the post or whatever you're doing to connect with your ICA. I think that is so, so helpful. I would say one other thing is never underestimate the power of a story. Mm-hmm. It's why I worked in movies for so long is because it's the stories, it's the movies that inspired me that instantly creates a feeling an emotion, a takeaway. It leaves you captivated for two hours in a movie theater. Right. And I remember when the director for another sports movie, Secretariat, the director was Randall Wallace, who also directed Braveheart. And he came in and he was such an amazing speaker. He didn't show a stitch of film. He didn't show anything on screen, but just talked to our core group of marketing people. And he told us the vision for the film. He told us why people would care. We're sitting there in tears because you're thinking about this horse who all he wanted to do was run. And the fact that he made his owner's dreams come true and he happened to have a heart like three times the size of any horse, literally. But also when you think about that, Mm -hmm. it like makes you want to cry, like how special that is. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to pull out those things that are special about what you do. You're trying to pull out the things that are, are unique about what you bring to the table, which is the third point we're about to get to, which is defining your UVP and your differentiating factors. And honestly, 
people get so confused about, oh, what is it? it has to be this huge thing. It doesn't. I will tell you right now exactly what your UVP is, especially if you're a mompreneur mm-hmm. and you're doing a lot of this by yourself. You are. You're the magic. It's your special blend of experience, education, passion, interest, mission, vision, all of that blended together becomes the most powerful UVP and you have a story behind it that you can tell. And I promise you, you haven't shared it enough. I am like feverishly writing notes over here because I love what you said about storytelling. That has come up a lot for me in just following people in the space, talking with other mompreneurs, especially people in the branding industry and how storytelling is so powerful and something, again, us solopreneurs can really latch on to makes it a little easier for us. Like, oh, well, if I tell the story, how I would tell a friend or a potential client, it's like, okay, now I can understand messaging a little bit better. If I'm talking to the person based on, like you said, the psychographics, their ambitions, their goals, and I'm telling them a story about that. Maybe it's a client story. Maybe it's a personal story. I I think that paired with at the end of the day, when you're doing that, what is it really about? It makes it so much clearer, which I know is your, your goal. How can we be clear, concise, and compelling? And I love what you said too, of that vision and the why people would care. I think everybody needs to write this all down on a post-it note and stick it somewhere in your office. So every time you're making copy or content or whatever you're doing, you know that this is the first step. And then now moving into what you said, pairing that with what's special about what you do. So not only what is the story and about the people, but then making that bridge between that and what's special about what you're doing. And so you're saying we need to have our unique value proposition or UVP and that you are the magic plus the storytelling. So let's go into that a little bit more. Like, do you have a formula for your UVP or what can we know about really honing in on that? I think, again, imposter syndrome comes in as mompreneurs, not having a lot of time maybe, or not putting a lot of time towards what am I the best at? What are some things that you recommend people do to really get clear on that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do have an entire brand story formula that's in my brand polish Academy. So it's like a whole module that you go through. So it takes a minute. That's gold. Yeah. But essentially what you want to do when you start with a story is not make it about you. And that sounds so funny because it is going to be a story about you, but you have to remember this is for your audience. And so you have to start with them in mind. And so what you want to do to start is hook them in first, right? And so you're going to say something that's either a current challenge that they're having or the thing that they want most. That's the beginning of your story. And then you go into either more of the things that they want or highlighting some of the challenges so that you can share with them your story of something similar. So whatever you share in those benefits or challenges, your story then has to align with that. So you're showing now how you can overcome or how you made that happen, right? So you have so many stories that you can tell, but what you want to make sure is you're telling the stories that are relevant to your audience. So that's what I mean by when you're telling your story, it's really not about you. It's about your audience because you're sharing the thing that they're going to start nodding their head to, that they're going to be like, oh my gosh, how does she get this so well? You want to share the thing that they want the most. And now they're going to see that in you, like, 
wow, this is why she has shown up as the expert guide or the solution that I need because she's been through it. She has the answer. She's got the formula. <laughs> right. Right. So, so it's really taking step two, like I said, and, and merging with step three of first you're going into their ambitions, their goals, like what they're thinking, what they're looking for. Like you said, either their current challenge or the thing they want most and saying like, Hey, I see you. I get you. I know what's going on there. And then after you've identified them, then you match and say, and I'm over here and I get it because X, Y, and Z, or here's my story and how I've overcome it. Or maybe would that also be around your clients too? Like here's a story about my clients and how I've helped them do it as well. hundred percent. And that's why you have so many stories that you can share. So depending on where you're talking, you can pull different stories based on if you're on Instagram versus an email versus your about page on your website, like you can decide to tell different parts of your stories in those spaces. And I would say the other part of the story you want to make sure to include is your credibility. And this is oftentimes where I see women shrinking a little bit to say, I feel like I'm bragging. It's like, no, no, no. What you're doing is you're sharing why you're actually the right expert for this person to then hire to help you do this thing, right? Wouldn't you hate it? If a brand you love held back and didn't tell you some of their best stuff because they were nervous about how you would think of that, like think about that brands you love. And if they didn't tell you all the amazing things that they can do for you, right? It's like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. I've heard that concept of if you were walking down the street and you saw somebody had a cut and you had a bandaid in your purse, like would you walk by and say, oh, well, I have a Band-Aid, but I don't know if like you want me to give you the Band-Aid and like that kind of conversation. No, you would just, I have something you need. Here you go. Please let me help you. I think a lot of us come from that, that level of we want to be of service. We want to be of value. And I think it's fun to look outside of our spaces to help us identify like, oh, we're not crazy. We're not pushy. I love that you said we need that reminder because... <laughs> Yeah, well, it ends up becoming very transactional, right? Where people get nervous about asking for money. You would never walk into a Starbucks and expect them to give you a coffee for free. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. If you're seeking out a solution or a product or a something, you know that you're shopping for that and you're going to spend money based on the value that you see. And here's the thing. If someone's not willing to pay your prices, it's because you haven't shown them the value that you're bringing to the table, which is right back to your brand strategy and right back to your UVP is you have to share enough where people understand your story and they understand your credibility so that they get the value to pay for your product or your service or your experience. Yeah. I think that's huge in terms of the stories. And so I know we talked about, it could be a story of ourselves. It could be a story of our clients. Can we go over just a couple questions that we could maybe ask ourselves to create a little bit of a story bank? Cause I think sometimes we think it has to be this huge hero story where I'm sure you could tell us it could be something as small as a little win with your kids or shopping or something like that. So could you give us some other ideas that we might not think of on our own? Yeah, there are a couple of things that I want to share. One of them is, is ask yourself, what is the biggest or most frequent question that your audience asks you? Share a story about that. Share a story about the solution of that, right? What's the number one thing that you get asked all the time that you know is the thing that will stick, you have to address before you can move on and help them with the rest of the stuff. You want to share a story around that. The other thing I would say about storytelling is you want to get as specific as possible. So 
for instance, I'm writing my story this morning for my new about page on my website. I want to tell you a section of it mm-hmm. because it got real specific. I love it. I know I always have a hard time being specific. I always am like <laughs> big picture or again, process oriented. So it's awesome hearing the specifics, the micro, that's what I say in my head, micro content. How do I do micro? <laughs> So at a certain point in my story, I basically say to my audience, hey, it's 10 times harder to clarify when it's your brand. I get it. During my 15-year career at Disney marketing movies, I had the power of an established brand behind me. It was well-defined. People knew what it stood for. And its bigger purpose was tattooed in my brain whenever I started working on a new movie that would ultimately represent that brand. I could pick up the phone call on brands to partner with me with ease because I knew how to talk about the brand and leverage it. As an entrepreneur, having to define my own brand, well, that's 10 times harder than having to psych myself up to present my marketing plans for Ratatouille to Steve Jobs, (laughs) right? And so getting super uber specific about a moment in time or something that someone can attach themselves to rather than just the concept or the theory of it Mm -hmm. is really, really useful. So the idea that I brought in part of my story of having to present Ratatouille marketing plans to Steve Jobs, number one, that shares credibility, but doing it in a storytelling way, Mm -hmm. right? Number two, that tells someone, oh my gosh, she gets how hard this has been for me. And she found it hard too. And then I go into the solution and all of that. So it's just something to keep in mind. The more specific you can be with everything, this is offers, this is messaging, this is your strategy, everything more specific, the better. Mm -hmm. I love how you said specific moment in time. I think that's something again, very specific and helpful for us to think of. Oh, if I think of a very specific moment, a thing that happened, that's easier for me to latch on to than just like, you know tell a story that was helpful. Again, going deeper, that seems to be the core of everything we're saying is how can you go down one more level and not just do the surface level stuff? How can you get closer into the core of yourself, of your client, and then ultimately of your brand? That seems like what we're doing here. Well, and I think it's interesting because when people start to think about story, my story, they automatically think they're writing their memoir, right? Right. And it feels too big to encapsulate into like a, a paragraph or two. And that's the thing is you're not telling your whole story, right? I've had entrepreneurs go through my Brand Polish Academy and they're like, oh my gosh, my story. And they're telling everything from like how they felt when they were in school to what happened with their mom and then how they finally decided to get into the business. I was like, you could make one sentence that leads into the story you actually want to tell where you don't need to focus on all these. Yes, that's your story, but what's the story your audience wants to hear? What's the meat of it that they want to hear and that you can get to quicker? Yeah, that's huge. I mean, you have given us so many gold nuggets. Literally, I think I'm on page 10 of my notes. I want to wrap this all up and hit these points again, just so that everybody has a recap. And then I'd love for us to go into your brand polish Academy and what you have to tell us about how we can polish up our brands, tweak things and optimize what we're doing. So first and foremost, the first thing that you shared with us, Hillary, is that we have to figure out what our bigger purpose is, because when we get crystal clear on our, why our inspired work, what in the world we're doing that lights us up, that can be our guidepost and our compass for every decision that we make. And we can get clearer on that by continually asking why and why again, after we're super clear on that, then we can work on mastering our message because that's going to save us time and make us more money. And so we really want to think about in mastering our message, who we're talking to. 
What are their psychographics, not their demographics, their internal motivators, their ambitions, their goals, and their dreams, because that's the juicy stuff and what creates brand loyalty. And so that's when you can really ask yourself, what is this really about? And tell stories around that. After that, the last thing that we do once we have clarity on why we're doing something and the the messaging, the people who we're talking to is creating that bridge to you so that at the end of the day, they cross over and join you in what you are offering, which is your unique value proposition because you are the magic. And when you pair that with a story that doesn't start off about you, but about them, and you hook them in with a challenge or a thing that they want most, and then show them how you overcame that, your clients did, how you have the credibility to help them do it as well. That is how you can really create that compelling copy, the exciting brand that you know that you can serve people with. Is there anything that I missed there? I'm going to carry you around in my pocket so you can reflect back all of my thoughts and recap everything that I say. That's amazing. You did such a wonderful job. No, that is the gist of it. And I would say the only other thing I would add is just to also remember specificity, get real specific and try to find those emotional connection points with your audience. I love that. I love that. And yes, count me in as your cheerleader. I will be there for it all. (laughs) Your little recap person. Awesome. All right, Hillary, move us into now your support. You were talking about your Brand Polish Academy, which sounds like probably the thing that we need to tweak, optimize what we're doing. Can you walk us through a little bit more about what you do and how you could take us to this next level of, I know that my brand needs some help. What do I do next? Yeah. So I have two ways to work with me to build your brand strategy foundations. You can work with me one-on-one and we do that in an intensive and I deliver a done for you brand strategy, or you can do the DIY. It's kind of done with me still because we also do live Q and a calls weekly, but it is the digital course that has modules. It's that step-by-step roadmap to build that clear and cohesive brand. So you can call in those dream clients consistently and with ease, it saves you that time and money. And within either one of those programs that you do, you're basically moving through five phases that I take people through to build your brand. It starts with purpose. It goes to perception into positioning, which is the real juicy stuff. A lot of people think about into packaging. And then finally with promotion. So all of that is included in Brand Polish Academy. It walks you through building it and how to implement it in the world. So that's what it is. And you just go to hillaryhartling.com to learn more. I love it. I love it. And everything will be linked in the show notes so that everybody can click through this quickly and get to her juice and all the good stuff, because I know that you don't want to be fumbling around trying to find it. Let's move into rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Awesome. What is your favorite strategy to help you be more present and productive besides what you've shared with us today? Journaling. Mm -hmm. I think journaling is huge. It gets all of the clutter outside of your brain. And then if you just keep writing and I like to do free flow writing, usually if you look back into the middle, like literally the exact middle of whatever you wrote. So if you wrote five pages, if you look at page two and a half, Mm -hmm. there's usually some nugget of wisdom or inspiration that's going to take you to your next level. I love that. So you're a paper journaler or are you an online journaler? Paper. Paper. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, that is a gold nugget right there. You always have something good for us. Question number two, what is the number one essential support you have that you could not live without? My nanny. So helpful. I mean, literally like I was blessed. I'm sure so many moms can relate to this, but when I first was reaching out to figure out how to find a nanny, I was like, oh, I need to figure, what do I need? When, Mm -hmm. When do I need her? What do I need her to do? What do I, 
like you had to get so clear just on that. And so, you know, you trial and error, but yeah, I found the most amazing woman, but I literally couldn't run my business if I didn't have her for a certain amount of time during the week, during the day. So that's how this all happens. Yes. We're missing ours. So I know how crucial it is. (laughs) All right. Tell me what is your go-to self-care activity after you've gotten Ruby down for the night and your business is over? What do you do for you? You know what? It changes depending on the season, but lately it has been foot baths. Mm. For some reason, my feet are the things that take the worst beating. And you know, what's interesting is I'm really into energy and feng shui and all this stuff. And your feet represent the energy of moving forward. And I was like, I really got to take care of my feet so that I can move forward with ease. Mm. And so it's been foot baths of all different kinds. I love that. So do you have like a little one, like the bubbly kind? Is that what you yeah, use? I have one that you can plug in yes. and it heats up and it bubbles and it, you know, it has like rollers on the bottom to like massage your feet. And then I like get my pumice out and I'm like, how did all these calluses get on here? I don't even know, but like, whatever. It means that I've tread a lot of places. It means I've been places I've done things. So it means I'm living my life, but then you want to like, then take care of that too. Yeah. Help moving (laughs) forward. I think that is a huge analogy and takeaway last but not least, tell me your most stereotypical mompreneur story. Think like kids running through a zoom call with underwear on their heads. What is something funny now that you are in our crazy world that you can tell us about that? We can all be like, yep, we, we get you. Do you know what? I'm only four months in. And so I don't have a crazy story yet. I mean, my stories are just like on every Zoom call I'm on, the person or the group wants me to bring Ruby on camera because they can't get enough because she's just so, so cute. Thinking cute. She is. She is. Everybody, you need to go to her Instagram, go to Hillary's Instagram again, and I'll link it in the show notes because she is this adorable little pumpkin pie with her cute cheeks. And uh, I love that. So more, it's that she's just the celebrity. She's the star of the show, which is what you get it's used the to. the star of the show. Yeah. yeah. She's the absolute star of the show. And I think she will continue to be, and that's okay. <laughs> I, I love it. Again, modeling and supporting, especially when we have young girls in our crew that we can help do that. Hillary, this has been so much fun. I loved hearing all of your strategies. I cannot wait for everybody to get to go see your page, all the work that you're doing and get their brands underway and optimized. You are amazing. And I so appreciate you spending the time here with us. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Yay. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Ready to simplify your biz so you're more present and productive? Head to themompreneurguy.com simplify to join my next free live coaching event. See you next time.